and welcome back to the What The Fork Happened this week podcast in association with Viper Goalkeeping. It's been another week of um, football stuff and it's my first one from my, my new house, my new humble abode. And I've got some of the usual set of troops with here with you to chat with me, here to chat with me there. I said that one completely, I'm leaving that in. Um, Ian, first and foremost, how are you doing? Are you all right? I'm good, mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. how's yourself? Yeah, yeah, were you disappointed sort of dropping two points today from Arsenal or...? Well, I mean, you know, going 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 there three 0 up, and I can really, I can only praise um, the the lads for that. But uh, no, we 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 did well, and you know, to be honest, we're doing better than I thought that that we would. Um, so so we're all feeling great. Yeah, thanks. Do you uh, do you think the team's in a relegation battle after only two games? <laughs> um, that's. The, um, the, that's not me. That was my twin, um, their brother. So uh, I really can't comment on that one. Identical, identical. Uh, <laughs> Jack, how are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm quite intrigued by your shirt. People can't see it. It doesn't matter. But it's like it's like championship Sunland home shirt, but in the style of a t-shirt. Yeah, it's like it's like a uh, River Island t-shirt, but it's red and white. But yeah, when I like to wear it sometimes to the match if it's like a decent day, because um, I went through a stage where I was younger for quite a few years where I would wear like a football top 100% of the time, and obviously it wasn't the same football top because I had lots of different ones. I had like Sunderland, Celtic, England, Arsenal, you know, loads of different ones. And now I've gone completely opposite. So I, whether I, even when I'm going to football matches, I don't wear a football top, but it's red and white, so I, I quite like it. It's quite comfy as well. So. Do you ever just go taps off? Nah, I'm, I'm no, I'm no that brief. I'm no that brief. That wasn't bad. That that wasn't bad. Now we were a real Scotsman, Ken. Uh, Ken <laughs> I was going to call you Kenny. <laughs> Could have seen Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> Kenny Kennedy. How are you doing, Mister Kennedy? Right? <laughs> Kennedy? Here comes the money. I'm good, mate. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not bad. Just been. And then that I'm due back at work tomorrow, and I never thought I'd say this, but I'm looking forward to going back. Um, been painting and plastering, and it's been it's been a funny two weeks because me plasterer and me uh, bathroom fitters are all Celtic fans, and like you try to drop that sort of conversational piece of do you like football, pals? You just I've learned not to do it because I think I'm going to come back tomorrow. Like when I finish work and have a shamrock on my bedroom, on my not not my bedroom door, my uh, my bathroom door potentially. I joked about it, and I I was I was very very unsure with the reaction that they gave me back. They kind of looked at me like, yeah, that might actually happen, mate. And I'm laughing about it, but that might actually happen. Um, but hopefully the the draw today is calmed them down a bit and, and make sure that they're not going to. Um, so we'll start off with um, with Ian, as always. Uh, who's your hero of the week, mate? Oh, well, this, <laughs> well, I just kind of woke up to this one. Um, but <laughs> like, 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 like morning glory, this person, is he? Like morning yeah, glory. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's like morning glory, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just waking up to the news that um, Mike Ashley uh, is there sticking by Steve Bruce um, at the moment. Um, cause, uh, and then the meltdown after that's just been absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I love it. It's funny you've got that. Like Mike, Mike Ashley is your hero of the week. He's also mine. He's also <laughs> my hero of the week. And like, um, I'm aware that there's uh, reasons that he might not be hero of the week, but for the simple singular reason that he's just sticking by Steve Bruce, 
almost just to piss Newcastle fans off. <laughs> and like, it can't be any other reason. Like, I watched the game against um, Brighton yesterday, and I don't think I've ever felt sorry for Newcastle, so I'm not going to go that far. But there's an element of watching that game yesterday where I was like, you're actually crap. Like, you're actually rubbish. You, you've got, like, 11 men behind the ball, and you're putting, like, long balls to, like, Almiron, who, coincidentally, and I don't like criticise people's looks because I think that's unfair. Have you ever noticed that Miguel Almiron looks like the cover of the Space Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't say that, Thank- but... Um... <laughs> Santiago Munez, I think. From Goal. Oh, a, yes. That, that used to annoy me goal. as a kid. It used to really annoy me that people liked that. Like, oh, what's your favourite football movie? Goal. No, nah, nah. <laughs> it's unrealistic. Completely unrealistic. <laughs> Santiago Munez. No. Didn't you remember that? I just remember that scene where he's like, he's on about his dad and he's like, I did it for my dad. Like, he didn't quite say it like uh, that. He was watching you soon. He was, he was here. <laughs> that, that's the one. It's not as good as when Saturday comes, when like, Who's it again? Sharp. What's Sharp called again? His name's gone. Uh, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. That's the guy. It went out my head there. Like Sean Bean played for Sheffield United, but he started off in like non-league. I can't remember what his rags to riches story were, but it always ends in like them scoring a hat rate against Man United every single time. Like <laughs> I'm sure Jimmy Grimble did exactly the you same. That's what I was going to say. We could, we could have just one pod. It just talks about like football films. Jimmy Grimble was superb, just how unrealistic it was. Like there was a scene whereby he's running to the goal and the goalkeeper's like, this taking the calls like massively wide. They're just so stupid. <laughs> Jimmy Grimble was probably my one of my more favorite favorable football movies. Football movies have changed because it was at some point it went from like Jimmy Grimble to the Zidane documentary. And I'm sure Mogwai did the did the soundtrack for that. Scott, did Mogwai do the soundtrack for that? I have no idea, mate. I'm more a uh, Alan McCoyst and I shot at glory, man, myself. There's a football <laughs> movie for you. <laughs> Ali McCoyst is... I would just watch anything with Ali McCoyst now if I'm completely and utterly honest with you. Um, I think he's a great, great man. There, were, there was that Robert Deval, wasn't it? Aye. Aye. <laughs> he was the manager, wasn't he? He was the manager, wasn't he? <laughs> Proper legend of the screen mm. <laughs> and Ali McCoyst. <laughs> if we're talking talking good football movies, though, what about uh, The Damned United? I really oh. like that. Oh, yeah. That was great. I might actually watch that because obviously Peter Lorimer sadly died this week as well. Um, played obviously, a, well, he didn't play a big part in that movie. Some bloke played Peter Lorimer in that movie. But fascinating because you know, it would be dramatized and stuff like that. But Martin Sheen's portrayal of Brian Clough, like, Everyone thinks they can he's, do Brian Clough, but he actually he sounds did. he sounds exactly like him. I mean, you've you've heard loads of people do Brian Clough, and everyone gets it a little bit right. Do you know what I mean? But like, if you shut your eyes, it, Michael Sheen could actually be Brian Clough. It, it, it's that good. He even looked a bit like him. Like even like the the makeup and that like um, looked a bit like uh, him. The um, mannerisms as well. I thought uh, he got a two or two. I love Cloughy. Like I actually lucky enough when I was like eleven, I met Brian Clough in a. I'll be honest, I didn't really... I was aware Brian Clough was a really famous bloke, but I was like, I wanted to meet like Michael Reddy or something when I was 11. That was the most important thing to me when I was a kid. Oh, my God, dear, mate. And my mum was like, <laughs> get over there and get your photo with him now. That's Brian Clough, that. And I was just like, all right, sound all right, old football, any bother. And like, I was just like, 
not even pushing my autograph book to the front. I was just sort of sitting around his car. Like, and he, he was old at that point. It was when he came for Kevin Phillips, when he got the number nine shirt with Clark Fund about Middleford home. Uh, oh, 2000, was it? Yeah, it was yeah. 2000, I think, March 2000. Um, and like, he, I, I just remember him to all like those like proper like slavery autograph hunters and me, like proper like, like had every photo of Brian Clough that ever existed in the history of man. Oh, we're selling this, we're selling this, Brian. And he just like sat in the seat of his car and he went, let the band through, let the band through. And like, I just went through like a little segue. <laughs> just got in first. And mom was like, can I have a photo? And it was like four minutes worth of photos, just me and Brian Clough. Still got it. Um, but yeah, I always remember that Brian Clough was dead nice to us all. Um, when I watched the Dandy Night, you know, I watched it a little bit biased in the sense that I was like very pro Brian Clough and was like, ah, oh, bloody leads, shocking, horrendous, but great film. Didn't expect us to go down that segue, but what a great film uh, the Dandy United is in comparison to <laughs> goal. Ugh, goal. Um, who was your hero of the week, Jack? That's, that's my fault, by the way. I'll start, I'll start talking about films, so apologies for, uh, for sidetracking you. Um, my hero of the week was the um, the young Formula One lad Billy Munger, um, who I mean um, obviously nothing to do with football, but he lost both of his legs. I think it was a couple of years ago in a bad Formula One accident, and this week he's done a I think it's a triathlon. I think it's a twenty mile triathlon to raise money for charity for part of Red Nose Day, um, which I thought was excellent. I thought you know what's the documentary and to be that young and apparently he was really really gifted at Formula One might have gone on to you know, have a fantastic career. And he still does racing, you know, uh, disability racing, I think, um, in, in some form. But yeah, he's raised a lot of money as part of Red Nose Day by doing a triathlon, which is a solid physical feat for anybody, particularly with someone without, even more so someone with no legs. So yeah, I teased my hero. I thought it was great. Formula One, the sad thing is, the only thing I know about Formula One is Billy Beard, but I'm not even going to go down that route because because I know... <laughs> he, he He is going to feature... Yeah, he's, he is, he's, he's is my, uh, one of my people today. Whenever he gets mentioned, <laughs> yeah. I just see Ian sits back in his chair like that bastard. <laughs> I just see, I just see it coming. To be fair, I don't mind. Um, Scott, who was your hero of the week? Uh, I, I see this one, and I know we're going to uh, go on and, and talk about this a wee bit more in a minute. But my hero of the week, it's not a person or a group of people, or uh, as a group of people. But generally, it's, it's Scottish football fans, uh, Scottish football clubs, you know, not so much the SFA because I don't actually think I've seen anything for them, although I could be wrong. So if I'm, if I'm wrong, then I'll put my hands up to that one. Uh, but, you know, obviously we had the <clears throat> disgusting incident, alleged incident to Ibrox on uh, Thursday night involving uh, Glenn Kamara and we'll not say too much about that because I know we're, we're going to talk about it uh, shortly but my heroes of the week was just the way that Scottish clubs, Scottish fans of all colour, creed, religion, whatever you know, we, we've all just come together and just been like, nah not not in our game you know, and the, the, the reason that I it, it might be quite sad to some people to think that that's heroic. I find that heroic that we have to do that. But the fact is that we do have to do it. And unfortunately, Scottish football fans get a bad name sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes rightly so, for some of the, the carry-on that goes on. 
but when it's something as serious as this, to show that, okay, you might be Rangers, Celtic, you might be Ross County, Hamilton, Aloha Hearts, whoever you support, is that at the end of the day, we are the same and we will all come together and stand up against racism or discrimination and just the, the complete unity that we've had across the Scottish game um, has it's warmed my heart, so it has warmed my stone-cold dead heart. And I know there's been like elements of like one or two incidents that you could probably pick out across a, a few different fan bases, um, but as a whole, the, the, the proper come together. And what I quite like is um, I, I totally agree to the message of, of taking the knee 100%. I think we're all with that. Um, <clears throat> but I kind of understand um, why some people have stopped doing it because I think obviously you read the, the range of... Well, I listened to Tav on the telly today and he said that it's like he totally agreed with the message, but it's, it's got to the point where like it's become an empty gesture because the racism's not getting better. It's just staying the same. So it's like, is taking the knee making a difference? And, and obviously they all stood today and I, I'm kind of loath to have a... I'm loath to have an opinion on what we should do because I'm not um, in any way, shape, side, or form abreast. Um, so it's kind of for me to have an opinion on it. I don't, it's not really my place to say what's right and what's wrong, but I, I've quite liked that. Um, whilst I fully agreed with taking the knee, um, I've enjoyed players who racism has affected sort of educating me on why it may be better to stand. Um, and it, it felt quite powerful that today, obviously, in the old firm with Scott Brown as well and Kamara. I, I, you know, I think Noel have lost that. I'm a, I'm a Rangers fan, and nine times out of ten, I like to see Scott Brown ten feet in the air or getting slapped on his bald head. But um, even I was just like, yeah, fair play, like good on you, mate. Um, it, and I, I know a few people have said certain things about it. Like I think someone said it's publicity stunt. It's not. It needed to be done. And if it was a publicity stunt, I don't really care. It needed to be done. It needed to have that level of publicity that, and the, probably the fiercest rivalry. In my opinion, in the world, I know people disagree with me on that, but I don't really care. Um, it's still fierce, no matter how you look at it, that a captain who was widely hated by the opposition was just saying, no, I'm not having it. I need to let this guy know that we might kick each other, kick each other all over for the next 90 minutes, but I'm going to be like, look, mate, what happened to you was, as Stephen Gerrard said, it's more than football. Um, and, it's, and it's obviously we're going to get on to it and I think you know we might as well go on to it um, later on in, in the pod like a, a spring of the final thought if we can um, <laughs> but I think the, the whole situation I just don't get um, how it exists but I, I try to look for the positives if I can um, in some situations and it's hard to find those positives but I like I, I do like that Scott that you know the whole of Scottish football has really come together and yeah Scotland and Scottish football fans get a bad rep for numerous reasons, to be fair. Um, but I think it's a show of solidarity and the players getting involved with it as well. Like I've seen Tony Watt. Um, obviously, I've had Tony Watt on the show and um, Tony Watt spoke about the, the racism that he experienced when he was at uh, Sofia on the pitch and the guy denying it then as well. And, and he obviously spoke to me about that. And Tony Watt was on my timeline saying how he he liked that Motherwell had put a statement out and that other clubs had put it out and a lot of different footballers that you know follow across Scottish football and stuff have spoke out and retweeted other teams pages like Rangers players tweeting Celtic pages Celtic players tweeting Rangers pages um, and other rivalries Hamilton 
um, Motherwell, stuff like that. It's 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 great. Um, so if there is a positive from what's been pretty bleak, um, we can in that perspective, um, that is most definitely a positive. Ian, you looked like you you looked like you passed out there for a minute. <laughs> I'm completely right. And we also thought for the record, um, obviously no one can see this much like Jack shirt. You can't see it, but me and Scott when we came on for the podcast this morning. Uh, this morning, this this evening, I've had too much wine. I've just noticed that crap. Um, Blossom Hill, if you're wondering. Um, Ian has like a nude coloured shirt on, and for a minute, he's got like a dressing gown over it because you know it's and, and, he's, <laughs> and he very much looks like he's a uh, da, 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 but nope, David Moyes is not getting the nips out this evening. Full um, Monty, proper full Monty. Um, Goal of the week, Jack. Who's your, your goal of the week, mate? Um, mine was Danny Welbeck um, last night. Strike. I thought uh, any from well, for, for me, you and, and Ian, and also Scott to a certain extent. Any goal against Newcastle is a good goal, particularly when they're struggling and they're they're, um, they're not ha- not as happy as they, 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 they might be at the minute. But yeah, I thought it was a good goal. He stretched the defence. He got in behind. He took a shot and pinged it. I use that word. I think that's the only way I would describe it. Pinged it in the bottom corner from about 25 yards out. And yeah, I, th- I thought it was a good goal. And that's the one that came into my head. It was. It was a really good strike. Um, going back to that that game again. Because, well, maybe we shouldn't discuss Newcastle on this pod, but ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah, it's funny. Um, they just got battered from like, and I was dying for Danny Welbeck to score, obviously being an ex-red and whiter. And... <laughs> The fact that he just rolled back the years and did that without doing his hamstring, because let's be honest, he's injured a lot. Um, my goal of the week, my goal of the week was almost going to be Alfredo Morelos because obviously um, it's been a while since he's well, he's never scored against Celtic, and nice to see him bag one today and, and proper give it to the non-existent fans. I've got a lot of time for Alfredo Morelos. He's complete and utter shit housery. Um, I love him, and I think everyone knows that, but. There was a better goal this week, and I don't know who scored it, but Dumbarton. Um, Dumbarton versus 4-4. <laughs> it was like, I think the first tweet I've seen was titled, Welcome back, Scottish football. Because um, unbeknown to most people, the League 1 and League 2 was obviously basically postponed for months while the pandemic was going on, whilst the, the Scottish Championship and the, the Scottish Premiership went ahead. And, and the only way I can describe it is, the guy launches the the goalkeeper launches the ball off someone's ass, and it's his own defender, and it goes in the bottom corner. <laughs> like it's like it looks yeah. like he hadn't played for two months. It was gloriously, gloriously Scottish football. And I, I'm aware I might have pinched Scott's Scottish football moment of the week, but you, you did. And the only yeah. reason that I picked that one was because I think I've said every single week for the last however many weeks when you've asked me what's your Scottish football moment of the week, and I went. There's not really been much because the lower leagues are under here, and then it was the goalkeeper was Sam Ramsbottom. So the fact that he's called Sam Ramsbottom and he literally rammed it off somebody's bottom, and then they lost one no, it just uh, <laughs> great. I mean, it was ah, oh, it was just superb, and they lost one no as well, which is just even more uh, hilarious. But like I, I, I wrote it down in uh, capital letters: lower leagues are back. Yes, we'll, we'll get some good stories. Be fair. I love the lower leagues of Scottish football. Um, before I joined Middlesbrough Women, I almost became the media man at Stirling Albion. Um, 
but it was when I was back home in, in Sunderland for a year studying and I decided Middlesbrough was probably better. Um, but I got to meet the chairman and stuff from Sterling Albion and whatnot and, and things like that. And he was like, oh, I know, what's your history? Who do you support? Your accent sounds like you're from the Northeast. And I was like, oh, I'm a Sunderland fan. Like, you know, SAFC, I thought this would be quite a cool little connection and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, give us a minute. And like, the guy was cracking. All three of them, director, um, I can't remember what the other guy was. I feel quite bad. But it was another guy that I think was like a part-time director, the director who was fab. Um and the chairman class as well. But they went in this little back room and they were like, look, we bought all these off the Sunderland fanzine. And it was off ALS. <laughs> they like bought these red and white tartan scarves, right? And it just said SAFC on it. And no one was buying the tartan scarves, I think, off ALS or something like that, or the Supporters Association. So still, and Albion bought them and sold them for a fiver cheaper. <laughs> like, and loads of Sunderland fans are buying them. And obviously, I tweeted about Sterling Albion last week about um, how they'd sponsored one of the bollards, saying good luck to the other SAFC from Sterling Albion Football Club, like on Wembley. Um, and one of my really good mates is a, a Sterling Albion fan, and he alerted us to that. And uh, I tweeted it out in Sterling Albion. I said, like, oh, like, thanks to Sterling Albion. And the, like, <laughs> the message back, they're like, no problem. Are you all right? You're not going to choke. You're all right. You know, yeah, you're good. Yeah, he's fine. Um, and I was like, uh, I was like, all right, yeah, brilliant. Like, um, like that. Thanks, still, Nalvin. Thanks very much. And they tweeted back, and they're like, we've got some of these scarves for sale. If your <laughs> followers would be interested. And um, obviously, Ian, we spoke to uh, Neil Emsley yesterday. Um, yeah. Me and me and Ian, um, Phil and Neil are trying to go. A Central Scotland Sunderland supporters branch, and, and Neil's uh, involved with Sterling as well. And he was like, "Have you seen those scarves? By the way, Graham." And I was just <laughs> like, "So if if you haven't seen them, they're actually quality scarves. They're like red and white tartan with SFC on it. Why they originated in Sunderland, I don't know. Why they didn't originate in Sterling and then come to Sunderland, I'm not sure. But." And then uh, once you buy your red tartan SAFC scarf, all you need for then is a uh, Lee Carter Mole pin badge, which will be available at, at Roker Pins <laughs> during this week. <laughs> a few Good people plug. have been messaging, a few people have been messaging asking about that. And to be fair, it's Kat's birthday today. Obviously, not today, it's tomorrow if you're listening on the Monday. Um, if you listen on Tuesday, you get the idea. Um, but it's Kat's 33rd birthday today. And um, obviously, we're going to have that Cat Mole pin available soon. A few people said, why didn't you put callback on? The simple answer is because it was Jack callback. Um, we don't want you to buy a little collapsed Jack callback pin, even if Lee Catamull's attached to it. We'd rather you have the, the iconic Catamull staring down. It would be an extra $60 for the mould and about an extra 30 pence per badge to paint it as well. So we would literally be in like, the minus money for charity before we've even started. All money goes to charity when we make it. <laughs> um, but yeah, on a serious note, follow at Roker Pins. Um, we're obviously looking for more ideas and stuff like that. Um, I'd like to think I've got a, a grip on what kind of pins you would like. But um, if you have an idea of what you'd like to wear on your lapels and that, because pins are well in, pins are proper cool. But yeah, let us know, uh, and we'll we'll maybe make them. We might not. If it's like a crap idea, like oh, Lee Camp, not making it um, at all in any way, shape, size, or form. Goal of the week. Uh, Ian, what is your goal of the week, mate? Oh, right. Oh, oh, well, this one's great. Oh, well, no, hold on. <laughs> I love the way you set everyone up, Ian. Like, 
<laughs> it's just it gets better every week. You're like, hang on, whoa, 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 wait a minute, here we go. <laughs> then my goal of the week um, actually came in um, the the match between um, the Dumbarton and Forfa that I believe we've already spoken about twice now. So <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, it's worth discussing because it's brilliant. Like. I mean, like I say, I was going to say Morelos, and then I kind of remembered that Dumbarton was it Dumbarton that conceded the goal of Ian? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So Ramsbottom was. <laughs> I mean, Scottish lower league football writes itself. Like, literally, if you, if anyone, do you know when people say, "Oh, I don't know how people don't like football," and you think, "How would I convince someone to like football?" You could go, "Oh, show them that the highlights of Ronaldo. I'll show them Messi, Maradona, the World Cups." Just show them like League One and League Two of Scottish football because you'll a hundred percent, a hundred percent get involved and enjoy it. Did you have any other goals of the week, Ian? Did you have any other goals you enjoyed this week? Uh, I I did. Um, I really enjoyed Danny um, the Welbeck's goal uh, last night. <laughs> <laughs> Jack spoke about. <laughs> I can't even believe we got didn't get under Callum McFadden scoring a header. Like, of all the things, like, I talked to Callum McFadden banging one in last week, and he was only a week late, but still, Callum McFadden with a belt and header. And while we're on that subject, this is a controversial opinion. Against Lincoln as well. Who, who he locked, who basically, he's the badge, isn't he? And he, he looks like the badge. Lincoln badge. Yeah. Someone, someone said he looked like, uh, someone said he looked like Linguini from Ratatouille. <laughs> Has anyone seen it? I can't remember who said it, but it was funny. Um, but uh, controversial opinion here Callum McFadden's not that bad he is. I, think, I think he's alright I think he's not horrific like people are like oh he's the worst and I'm like did you ever watch Brendan Galloway who literally I watched I, I travelled all the way to Perth which I'll be honest with you I wasn't going to Perth for any other reason if I wouldn't watch football to see James Vaughan miss a penalty and watch Brendan Galloway get tortured by David Wotherspoon for 90 minutes. We were 3-0 <laughs> down in 28 minutes on our tour of Scotland where we beat we beat Livy 3-0. We drew 2-2 with Hibs and lost 3-0 to St. Johnson. Is it, um, is it the Galloway oh, plays for the China? No, it's uh, Tyus Browning. It's for China. Tyus Browning. We've got them both on loan from Everton. Yeah, We've all right. Galloway all is right. the left back. And Browning is the centre back, and then Browning, Browning. I think Browning plays for China now. I think he's a Chinese international. Yeah, yeah fine. Is he's is he dad Chinese? Is that right? Who's your favourite? <laughs> who's your favourite Chinese player? Uh, um, I don't have one. Um, however, I do have a favourite Central African Republic. Um, their player. All right. So, um, and Scott might actually be able to follow up on this one. So, um. So my so my favourite Central African Republic player is Jean Wilfred Oifo. I'm not sure about that that bit. Um, anyway, not that much of a favourite then, is he? If you don't know his name. <laughs> anyway, he played three times for um, their Hearts uh, in the 2002-2003 season. However, Scott, you might remember his older um, their brother. Scott. So, um, his older brother was um, Ange 
Oifo. I'm not sure about the, the pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he played the <laughs> seven times for um, the Motherwell. Aye, uh, yep. <clears throat> yep, I remember. Uh, he's, he's not my favourite Motherwell player from the, the African regions, but uh, I, I do actually remember him, right? Who is your favourite Motherwell player from the African regions? Well, he's not actually from the African regions. He's from France, but he plays for Ivory Coast, so it's close enough. Uh, Cedric Kipri. Oh, Wigan. Uh, Wigan? Uh, is it, well, he's at West Brom now, on loan to Charleroi in Belgium. I Do think. You... Is it Belgium? Charleroi. I think it is. Charleroi. 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 Yeah, Charleroi. I think it's Charleroi. Is it Belgium? Yeah, I think it's Belgium. Uh, it was much yeah. easier for me when he was at West Brom. That was. I remember Charleroi being one of the venues for England in the World Cup of France, I think. Maybe in 98. And you're talking about Charleroi. Are we talking about the same thing here? Charleroi. Am I pronouncing it wrong? C H A R E L O I, I think. Yeah. Charleroi. Char- 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 I thought it was Charleroi. I saw that. If it's Charleroi, I'm. Um... Sounds like Shalomar. I'm gonna make this a night to remember. <laughs> Jack, it's just your pronunciation because you're, you're basically like Fimolimo now anyway with your Scottish accent. So it's just you and I were the same. That's uh-huh. why we say it the same. Thanks, Bragging. <laughs> Scott, what was your goal of the week? Um, well, I really like Callum McFadden's header. It was really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, goal of the week was... Uh, it was actually the Dumbarton game. No, I'm, only, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It was a Spanish goal this week, actually. It was uh, Sevilla versus uh, Valladolid, Valladolid, as they say in uh, the Bulbul area. Valladolid. Uh, it was Valadoid. the goalkeeper. I heard it in the telly last night, and I definitely think it was not correct how they said it anyway, but um, it was the, the uh, 94th minute equaliser by Yassin Bono, who was the goalkeeper. But not only was it like, I, I love to see goalkeepers scoring goals, but check that out. He absolutely ghosted the player in the box. The ball comes in, it gets flicked on. He like takes a touch on his right foot, drops his shoulder, ghosted by the defender, then slots it in with his left foot. And I'm like, oh, that was, you know. Goals by goalkeepers. Not like, bad. Because really, to quote, Wise men say here, goals by goalkeepers are just goals by just a man. It's, it's still just a man. Like, people, you can score them, but when a goalkeeper scores, things just go mental, don't they? Like, that's, things are surreal. Like, I remember Mart Poom scoring for us against Derby, and it was like, I remember just being like, just stop the season. Like, it's never going to get better than this. Mark Poom's just banged in the header after jumping about eight foot in the air. But like Jimmy Glass is my favourite goalkeeper goal. Does everyone yes. remember Jimmy Glass? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Because it meant something so much to Carl. Was it Carlisle? Carlisle, yeah. One of my most favourite football stories of all time, that, Graham. They were Classic. actually, they were, uh, they're, they're, apparently, if they'd gone down, now we don't know how to choose people, apparently they were going to go to the wall. Carlisle were in such bad finances, they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't going to survive. No, they did drop down a few years later, but apparently the, that had shocked them so much they'd kind of planned for it a little bit more. But in '99, they hadn't planned it, so apparently they were going to the wall. And basically, it's like something off a film, isn't it? The online goalkeeper, the unloaned goalkeeper, that plays a few games, comes up for a corner and scores in the last minute to save the club from going out of business. It's just unbelievable. 
Do you know what else is a cracking story? And I wish I knew what happened to him because I'm thinking about this, like thinking about doing like an FA Cup special at some point. And I wanted to chat to someone who's like a proper FA Cup hero. And I was thinking, who's a big FA Cup hero? And I kind of find what happened to him. So if you're listening, Roy Essendor, like, so I don't know how many people yes. remember this. Yeah, do you remember Roy Essendor? Such a good story. I do. Like, I do. He was at Wickham, which coincidentally I Wickham. can't stand now. I don't like Wickham, but back then they were just, you know, Wickham. Um, and it, <laughs> they had an injury crisis up front and they advertised on Teletext for a striker. Teletext it was because they needed a striker for like, or a, a substitute striker for the FA <laughs> Cup quarterfinal against Leicester at Filbert Street. And Roy Essendor answered the call. I think he played like, for a couple of non-league teams, and he was like, I, I'll come along for a bit. And they brought him on trial for like a week, and like, yeah, you'll do the job. And they brought him on with like 10 minutes to go when it was like 1-1, and he buried a header. And then like never really ever did anything ever again, because obviously he was not the standard they needed. Um, but Roy Essendor, I wonder what ever happened to him, because Wikipedia doesn't tell you enough. It tells you a bit, but it doesn't tell you enough. It's like the story of Ali Dyer. I know he went to Gateshead for a game. I know he conned people, but where is Ali Dyer now? Why does Ali Dyer not have a podcast where he's discussing the life and the life and the, the life and the history of Ali Dyer? And like, why does Roy Essendor? Why can no one get hold of Roy Essendor? Because if I was Roy Essendor, I would definitely at least be on Twitter or something to be like, do you remember when Leicester got beat in the quarterfinals and? the Teletext centre forward buried a header. That was me. Um, so, Roy, if you are listening, I'd like to discuss um, that minute that you had that was good and see what happened to you afterwards. Um, be a bit grim if someone messages after him because he's dead now, mate. That was insensitive. Um, talking of people who I thought had died, did you see George Ray for Tranmere during the week? Uh, weekend, even. Honest to God, man, it's really bad. He's safe. He's all right. But... Um, he went for like a corner and he went past the post and went like a hundred mile an hour into the bollards. But like he's proper hurt himself and like they had like a close-up can and you hear like the like proper slap into the bollards and then you just see them like take the fetal position yeah. <laughs> and be like, oh, I've really hurt myself. <laughs> like, but apparently he's all right. Um, I hope you're okay, George. That, that. Bad, yeah, wasn't I saw it? that. That looked really sore. I mean, it was like stinger. It made the noise that Phil Babs made when they hit the hit the post. <laughs> I, can, I can still not watch that back without going. Oh, hey, like um, Winston. It was just oh. bad. It's just bad. Like just a bad bollock hitter. Um, my moment of the week because I think I've asked everyone the goal of the week, haven't I? Yes, I have. Um, my moment of the week comes from my house move. I know I'm normally football orientated, but my house move. So just to put it in the context a little bit, I bought this new house um, in the south side of Glasgow and bought it knowing that it needed like a paint and it definitely needed some plastering doing in the bathroom. It definitely needed some plastering doing in the bedroom. I thought, fair enough, you know, I'll take that job on. I'll, I'll get myself a new bathroom and stuff as well. Put a decent deposit down on it. So you know, you did them things that adults do because I'm an adult now. Um, I'm not a teenager anymore, sadly. Um, but there's a, there was a little hole in the, the roof of the ceiling in the kitchen. And when I say a little hole, like, you know, I mean, a little hole. Um, so the plaster came this week and he'd like, 
we took all the wallpaper off. The wallpaper, by the way, the people used to own this flat had four layers of wallpaper, then a layer of paint, and then more wallpaper. Like who, who even does that for a start? So we got through all of that, and the guy came in and was like, "Yeah, there's a bit of damage to the wall. Were you getting the stuff off?" Well, fair enough, you know, yada yada. Um, and then he went into the the bathroom, and he was like, "Oh, mate, this is a tough job. Like when you've took the tiles off, you've took off the plaster with it, like." Yeah, he's like, you know what? It's fix, fixable. Uh, we're having a good bit of crack because we're Celtic fan. Good bit, of, good bit of banter and chat and whatnot. All about the banter, you know. Um, typical plasterer and man getting his house plastered kind of chat. And basically, he he looked in. He was like, look, you're dead positive. He's like, I can get it fixed. Don't worry. Like, we'll get it fixed. He's like, I need to do a bit more. It's not as bad. It's worse than I thought. So it's going to cost a, a tiny bit more. But yeah, look, you know, blah blah. blah. You should have claimed on this when you bought the house because they should have and yada yada. Dead nice. I went, well, look, I'll come and show you this little hole that we've got in the in the kitchen ceiling. Um, see what you think. That's probably like a 10-minute job. Just put a bit of polyfiller in it or something. And he walked in and he went, that's fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, immediately didn't even go like, oh, yeah, see what you mean? He just went, that's fucked. And I was like, all right. And it turns out our ceiling was caving in. Um, so, yeah, I got the ceiling all replastered. And... Um, he made a fantastically crass joke about the ceiling caving in, which I can't repeat on a podcast, but um, yeah, so we had to get the ceiling done. But my moment of the week was my plasterer telling me the ceiling was fucked, um, which is probably the most Scottish plasterer thing that a Scottish plasterer could say. Not like a, ooh, that's slightly damaged, just now, nah, mate, it's fucked. Um, and if you've ever seen a ceiling get, because he had knocked the whole ceiling down, really impressive, really dusty, really dusty. Um, so that's your adult chat for this weekend. What was your uh, your moment of the week, Jack? Um, my moment of the week was everyone's favourite um, bullshitter, basically, Mr. William Story, who <laughs> um, I know uh, Ian is a huge fan of, and I think we all are, really. It's just he sums up the modern man, the modern businessman. Um, so if anybody doesn't know who he is, I mean, probably will, hairy businessman, he basically lied and said, yeah, I'm in talks with Sunderland. I'm going to buy Sunderland. I'm going to buy Sunderland. I've got a bid in. He was nowhere near, let's be honest. Never, ever going to buy the bit of a club, but he was one of these fantasists. And anyway, he's a big, big COVID denier. He just doesn't believe it's, he thinks it's been blown out of proportion. No such thing. The deaths are, you know, the same rate of flu deaths. You know, one of them people that just, you know, I suppose they come across as idiots, but anyway. So this tweet, he, he put a tweet across this week. And basically, I'm going to read it out because it only takes five seconds to read it out, but bear with us because it is absolutely stupid. So he puts, over 500,000 people have died. Over 500,000 people have died in the UK in 2020 with their pants on, which is over three times more than died with COVID. Very few died from wearing pants. Very few died from COVID. Wearing pants is more prevalent in people dying than COVID. Apparently, there is a pants variant. Hashtag facts. Now, if you can make head and the tail of that, you're a better, more intelligent person than me because I haven't got a clue what he's going on about. And it just comes across as just absolute balendry from a moron. But I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. I read it a few times. I was I was just pretty flattened. But surely most people have died with their pants on. So naturally, if you're classing wearing pants as a byproduct of someone's death, which is ridiculous because... It, you never there must be so few reasons why someone would die because of 
wearing pants. Um, surely most people do die with their pants on, though. Like, who's dying with their pants off? Don't know, unless it's a bad Amsterdam accident. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just wear a kilt all the time, obviously, like being a, <laughs> a hairy ass Scotsman. So I just like go to work, wear a kilt, go to football, wear a kilt. So obviously, I don't wear them because I've just got like, you know, my woolly kilt itching my boss all day. So that could, I would be one of those statistics. Um, Ian, what was your uh, moment of the week? Um, well, <laughs> yeah, funny this one. And this was just in. So, so my um, their stepdaughter was round um, there yesterday, um, and I had the Brentford um, their Forest game on. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Now, fair play to her, she soon wisened up. However, she glanced at the screen, and obviously, so for Brentford it said B R E, and for Forest it said F O R. And she goes, is that Brecon versus Forfa? <laughs> <laughs> You've taught her well. How old is she? Uh, 30, 33. That is really well taught. Really well taught. <laughs> um, how did you feel when she got the bad news? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I said, and, 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 and uh, she was like, yeah, because who on earth would watch Beacon versus Forford on on the telly? And so. to, be, to be fair, Forford's winning goal this week's get getting a fair bit of airplay on this show. So maybe maybe she's wrong in that respect. Maybe Forford's got a lot more selling power than we believe. Um, Scott, what was your moment of the week? To, to be honest, though, Graham, ah, uh-huh. the 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 Beacon and Forth is actually a local um, their derby, so it's quite a spicy game. I think I've seen Brecon, but I can't remember where it is. I'm sure I've seen Rangers versus Brecon. I did, and Rangers won 4-2. It was a, it was a Nicky Law master show. Did everyone remember? Nicky Law, formerly Legend. of Motherwell. Legend. Yes. What a player, by the way. What a player. Very, is very good in Motherwell. He's just left Exeter to go and pursue a coaching career in America. Did he play Bolton? Nicky Law. Did he play in England in the Premier League? Or was he a Matthew with someone else? We, we signed them from, I think it was... Rotherham, we signed him from, and then after us, he was at Rangers and then Exeter City. He was like mid table uh, championship at best. I think he's very, very, very bold now. Like, he, he, looks like, uh, he looks like uh, Roger the Alien, American Dad now. <laughs> <laughs> See, Graham's laughing because he knows it's true. He can't get that image out of his head now. Oh, I, I mean, Bradford, that's it. Bradford. Bradford, yes, he was at Bradford. Under Sorry, Stuart Bradford McCall, I. under Stuart McCall, and that's where the connection. Yeah. Yes, that's of course. Right. And that's yeah, where there we go. Yeah, we're connecting the dots here of Nicky Lowe's career. I don't know what the American <laughs> is, but probably money, um, and you know, being a coach as well. Um, what was your moment of the week, Scott? Is it Nicky Lowe? Yeah. No, it's not Nicky Law. It's a uh, friend of the pod, Mick McCarthy. Yes, friend um, of the pod, did, Mick McCarthy. Did anybody see his post-match interview yesterday? No, I haven't, and I normally watch Mick McCarthy's post-match. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, it was the the Welsh Derby. Would you call it? I don't know. Is, is there another name for it? Is there? Well, I don't South know. Wales Cardiff, South, South Wales Derby. Derby. So, yeah. uh, so Cardiff won 
1-0 with a goal early on in the game. And uh, and I, I didn't see the game in, but it, it sounded like, you know, perhaps that they were maybe under a bit of pressure. I might be wrong, but listening to the interview and uh, whoever it was was doing the interview said to him, so Mick, uh, are you happy this morning or this afternoon? And he had his like, usual stern face on him and he went, oh I, I'm so happy. I'm going to wear a coat hanger upside down dangling from my mouth so that it keeps a smile on my face for at least two <laughs> days. And it was just like proper, like just dead dry. And I was just like, that. that is just excellent patter because it just, he couldn't have looked any more unhappy if he tried. <laughs> oh, I am really happy. We put a coat hanging in, and it will just keep this smile on for days. <laughs> Honestly, like legend. I love Mick McCarthy, and I can't. I'm loath to speak about like, um, oh, what that time I interviewed him, but like, he's such a canny bloke. Like, um, I really liked when, <laughs> like. Uh, we heard there was a problem with the bus this morning, Mick. Um, what happened? Broke down. Can you expand on that, please, Mick? It wouldn't go any further. <laughs> what was this like? <laughs> the fest. And one that wasn't really like used that much. It wasn't like a big thing the way that one was. It was when COVID was just sort of happening and not really, people didn't really know how serious it was. Like, I think it was like January last year and they were still playing like, I think it was qualifiers or a friendly. And I said, you know, are you worried about um, COVID or something like that? You know, is it, um, do, you, do you worry that it could come over here and it could be a problem? Like, it seems to be like gaining traction. Um, and he says, look, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not, not in my hands. And then he goes, well, it might be in my hands. There you go. You have it. You have it. He started going like that with his hands, man. It was just great. Like, he's absolutely brilliant. Like, Mick McCarthy is one of the nicest people I've ever had the privilege to interview and one of my favourite, funniest people ever. I hope he has the best life ever. Hey, I'll tell you something quite hilarious here. So, unbeknown to people, because we don't put this out as video, but Ian's cat is consistently on camera, and I'm now in a new house on a table in a reclining chair in the comfort of my own home. And Aldo, the cat, has decided to come and have a look, but you can't see him because he's behind the laptop. Yeah, I spied him. Yeah, yeah, he's... Yeah, I spied him just in the about. corner. He's he's kicking about. He's hopefully... No, he's not having it. No, he thinks it's brilliant because we've lived on a ground floor and now we live on a second, the second floor and on like a main road and there's a church in that outside. And he, uh, he thinks it's great because he can see it all. But um, I'm sure people... Don't give a fuck about my cat. Um, so people just to end on, uh, they should do because he's class. Um, villain of the week, I think. We like to have fun on this, but like the certain times when you kind of have to maybe address stuff. Um, and I think villain of the week, we all sort of agreed was, um, in my opinion, Slavia Prague as, as a whole, um, the football club and, and the fan base, and the, the way they've sort of reacted to this week. And I, I'm sure I don't need to go over what happened in the Europa League game during the week. Um, but if you haven't seen what happened, it unfortunately won't be too far away from just a quick Google. Um, but basically, Glenn, Glenn Camera appears he was racially abused. Uh, he said he was racially abused this week, and I certainly believe he was. I think that he was 100%. 
I think there's too much things that were obvious to say that he wasn't. Like, why would you cover your mouth? Um, I don't need to go too far into it, but I think what was probably the most disappointing thing about the whole situation was a lot of the Rangers players came out and looked defeated because they knew nothing was going to happen. Um, and we touched before on the how taking the knees become, you know, standing up and, and raising a fist, I think, essentially, in, in some cases. Um, and talk about empty gestures and, and things like that. And we've discussed that. So villain of the week for, for me is, is Slavia Prague and the, and the player who I won't even say his name, um, I think racially abused, Glenn um, Kamara. But what I want to look at is maybe what we think could be done to combat it. Now, we're all people who have not been racially abused and, and we've not been oppressed and stuff like that. I'm very conscious of the fact that maybe we shouldn't be discussing what should be done. Um, so I don't want to speak about what we should do um, or, or what what can be done necessarily to what should happen to Slavia Prague and, and that player in particular is, is kind of what I wanted to look at. Um, I openly said during the week, I think he should be uh, banned from football. I think the sentence needs to be incredibly tough. If you're racist, get out of football, basically. If you want to kick racism out of football, then do it. Um, I think personally there's no allegedly about it I think it's quite obvious what he's done but I wanted to get your thoughts on it um, Scott what what do you think should be done to the Slavia Prague the fans and, and that player in particular I think obviously you know so as we said investigations are, are ongoing and things like that and you know people have got ears and eyes they can see the videos they can hear the videos and, and come to their own conclusion um, I think they, if they're found guilty, then they should be put out of the tournament for a start. And I think it's got to be zero tolerance. You know, I heard something today and it really got me thinking. It was uh, UEFA. They find Huddersfield more for... Do you remember two seasons ago... Motherwell were sponsored or unsponsored by Paddy Power. Paddy Power, yeah. And Huddersfield turned out in a pre-season friendly with this strip with a sash with Paddy Power on it, and then it was like we're removing the sponsors. They find Huddersfield more for doing that than they did for a racial incident which occurred just after that. So that shows you how seriously it's getting taken in you know, the, the headquarters and in the higher higher grounds. But, I mean, it's just, it's so difficult because, as I said earlier, football fans in general, not just Scottish football fans, but football fans in general get a bad name from time to time. And when you've got players allegedly doing that on the park, if that's happening on the park and teams are getting away with it or players are getting away with it, that's going to transcend into the stands and the issue is going to get worse. So the only way to deal with it, in my opinion, is strict liability. If you're caught, you're out. You're punished. Your team's punished. If you're in the stands, you're arrested. That's it. You're banned for life. That's it. You know, nothing too difficult. Pretty straightforward. Self-policing. Get it done. And obviously the issue is that the, the authorities need to to take something uh, more of a stronger stand on it, in, in my opinion, anyway. I think you need to go across the board as well. Um, I think racism, homophobia, all that kind of stuff, I think it should be a one-shot stop. You do it, yeah, get out. If you really want to kick it out of football, 
Um, I'm all for giving people second chances with stuff, but stuff like that seems to be ingrained in people. A lot of people have said the word alleged, and I understand why. Um, me and Scott and Jack and possibly Ian as well have all had our media law training, so we understand that. Um, but my, my honestly <laughs> held opinion is that he was racist um, towards him. That's my honestly held opinion. Um, obviously, I know there's some people like Michael Stewart who believes... God knows what he believes. Um, but that there has to be clear evidence of it. To me, the covering of the mouth is enough. Um, the reaction of Zungu is enough. Um, the reaction of Kamara is enough. Um, and everything that went with it, to be honest, is enough for me to just not really need an investigation. But, um, but Jack, what, what's your thoughts on it? Obviously, I've got quite a strong stance on it that I think you should just kick them out of football and, and kick him out of football, one or the other. Um, whatever is going to stop it from happening. I think the stronger it is that the less likely you are to see that coming back. Um, Scott's obviously of a very similar opinion, but what's your thoughts, Jack? I just, I think it's becoming too prevalent, isn't it? I mean, the instances of racism are happening more and more now. I mean, you think even 10 years ago, you'd hear an odd one and it would be like, isolated but now it seems to be every weekend or every other weekend in some country in some form of match you're hearing about it and I think it really is worrying I think it's 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 coming more and more in society in terms of what we can do it's a difficult one because football's played and enjoyed by so many people and I hate to put out the cliche of it's a minority but it really is but unfortunately it's it's, it's a minority that keeps happening over and over again I think in terms of if it's a supporter that it's happening or if it's a supporter in the crowd I think one thing you could do is remove the remove those full fans from the um, from the game, so other fans would then be saying, "Look, you know, we're not having it. You know, you costing us watching our team in Europe or watching our, our team in a league match or something. Ban the whole supporters, and I think that would drive that you could use the own club supporters to drive out individuals that are you know being racist, shouting things and things like that. You could use them against their own fans to say, "Look, you know, you're costing us matches here." Um, and we're not having it in terms of the players. I'm, I fully agree with him. If it's found, if he's found guilty, just don't let him back in the football. Don't let him back in. You know because you you, you have to. There's no kind of black or white. Area, you know, there's no grey area. This is black or white. You know what I mean? It's unacceptable. And you know, drive it out in the most in the most you know way you can. And I think also damage the clubs that these this has happened to. So if it's a player from a club stop the club points or I don't know, you know, ban them from Europe for a few games or whatever Whatever you do, you know, they need to be held accountable. Obviously, the players do as well, but I think the fans and the clubs hold them into much account as well. And then that, that way, I think everyone collectively will say, look, you're representing our club here. You're not doing it the right way and, and, and drive it out from within, you know, get from inside out. That, that would be my... But it's, it's not easy because it's happening more and more, Graham, and it's, it's shocking really, isn't it? Yeah, it's... it's um... It's awful, and, and I, I'm in a, and we're all in a privileged position where we we don't have to suffer it, um, and it angers me. Um, and it was really quite tough to see Glenn Kamara and the, and the way that it affected him. Like he was genuinely devastated. Um, and then for Slavia to come out and basically say he said you fucking guy. So he ran, we, we're here saying that he ran 
40 yards to see you fucking go. Um, I don't believe that, to be honest. Um, I think it's horseshit. And then the fact that the club doubled down on it, I just think, I just think it's, I can't even think, I was going to say I think it's poor, but I don't think it's a strong enough word. I just think it's, it's not right. It's, I hate using that phrase as 2021, but get a grip. Like, how can you be born with a, racism is a strange concept to me. Um, maybe I'm lucky in the way that I was brought up and maybe we're all lucky in the way that we were brought up. But it's, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story I had Graham a few years back when I was at a Sunderland game. Um, I went, we were playing Everton away and um, one of our fans, complete idiot, knackered, drunk, God knows what else he had in his system. Um, but he was giving it to Lukaku, who was playing for Everton at the time, black this, black that, N-word. And then a couple of minutes later, he was chanting the Jermaine Defoe song. And I, I couldn't get that parallel out of my head, so I turned around to him. I literally turned around to his behind us and I went, it's okay with Defoe being black because he's a Sunderland player. But look at who you're giving all that abuse. So I went, it's, 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 it's not on, man. And I just got a load of abuse. Effing this, effing that, stays outside. And I just thought, Do you know what it is? It's, 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 it's summed up to me that a whole complex of, oh, I hate black players. I'm going to racially abuse a black player for the opposition. But a black player for Sunderland's my favourite player. I'm going to chant his name. I just thought when you, you're, that, you're dealing with that level of ignorance, there's some, some things you're just not going to get into some people's heads. But... And I know people can say, well, why didn't you go and get a student? Why didn't you do that? It's quite difficult when someone's above you, physically, who's bigger than us. So, and I did I, I did feel like I probably should have gone and got a student and done something, but I said my piece, and not to be backed up. I think, you know, the people might have backed us up in one or two, but I just couldn't get that. It always sticks in my head that a black player, you're going to race your boobs, a black player for the opposition, but then chant Jermaine Defoe's song because he plays for Sunderland. I just couldn't get it around my head. It happened today with... Um, I, I don't really want to name the club that he claim to support but it's hanged kind of hard not to in this situation but obviously um, Alfredo Morella scored today and there was a fan of Celtic um, or so he says I'm sure Celtic fans will quite happily wash their hands of him and so they should um, saying using a certain racial slur towards uh, Morelos via his, his Snapchat and, it, and his comeback to someone who basically called him out on it rightly so and, and you I wouldn't search for it on Twitter, but you can. It's there if people want to see who the individual is. Um, I don't think it really matters who the individual is, just that it's happening. Um, hopefully, Celtic take a really strong stance on it. I'm sure they will. They're very strong on stuff like that. They're very much a, a community club, um, as much as I'm a Rangers fan. Um, but uh, his excuse was, I'm not racist. It's only when it's Alfredo Morelos. Like what? Like what do you mean by no, no mate? You you are racist. If it's one, that's getting abuse. Or if it's ten thousand, it only needs to be one particular instance. If you know, correct your ways, please, um, and stop it from happening. Um, Ian, um, I know obviously you have really strong um, stances and stuff like that, and rightly so. But what what do you think should be done with Slavia Prague? What 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 would send a message that would make you say, you know what, UEFA, you've dealt with that actually, fair play. You know what, that's a really tough one. And uh, um, I know there's all kinds of legal um, stuff that goes around a proper sort of punishment. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. What I am going to say is, though, that um, what I think and what I see, and this is a uh, this is football as an agent of 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 sort of change and they change for the good. Um, because I remember football back in the day and you used to hear racist stuff all the time. Um, and unfortunately, we still do hear racist um, their things, but I'm just going to take my guidance from the um, their sort of players there themselves. And I actually want to hear hear more of what of what they want and what they need um, and what their thoughts are. And uh, <clears throat> and if they the players are still saying, "Look, this is this is a their sort of issue," then then we just you know keep on going, you know, simple as that. I think um, I think that's a really good point to sort of end on. Um, we like to have fun on here. We like to talk a lot of rubbish, but I think that we all collectively agree this is one thing we probably wanted to speak to and felt like we, we had to. Um, sorry for ending on a, a somber and, and um, collectively four of us an angry note at, at situations this week. But I think I just want to. I think hopefully everyone agrees with me here on this. But I just want to echo what Ian says. I think we need to start listening as well. We're talking about solutions here, but I think listening is probably the most important thing. Um, I think collectively we need to start listening to um, people who have been racially abused. I think, you know, last week we need to start listening to to women um, as to what we can do to, to help them. We need to accept where we, we can be wrong or have done wrong in, in, in situations and how we can change that. Um, and I think just collectively people who are having not the best of times at the moment for want of a better phrase. I think listening really, really helps and is definitely the first step um, towards eradicating that or at least lessening that in our society. So um, yeah, I think if, if I can pass anything on my new year's resolution this year was to listen more and it certainly helped um, collectively. Hopefully we all, we all agree on that, but um, but yeah, thanks for sort of tuning in. Um, I know it was a, a somber end, but it has to be in, in this situation. If you uh, do enjoy this week's podcast, though, there will be a little bit more unserious stuff next week, as always, because we, we can't stay serious for too long because we're all idiots. Um, but thanks for tuning in. Scott, have you had a good week? Aye, not bad, not bad. We'll see how we'll see how this week goes. I'm moving house at the end of this week, so um, God knows what kind of stories. I'm hoping that I won't have any plasterers telling me that my ceiling's fucked because it's a brand new house. <laughs> so uh, if that's the case, then something's gone seriously wrong. And Moisey, apart from dropping a three-goal lead, um, how's your how's your week been? Um, well, um, my fridge freezer broke down actually this week, uh, so we've so we've um, they've spent the past. The few days living out of uh, the the cool box and uh, <laughs> and such like the the new ones coming on um, the Tuesday, uh, but no no my week's been absolutely absolutely fine. Okay, cheers mate. We're also we're all just adults, aren't we? Moving houses in, <laughs> in cool boxes. Jack, um, give us a a really stupid uh, reason for the, why your week has been good or bad. Just immature. Um... Just be imma- just be immature. Be non-adult, like you put me horrendously on the spot, and I can't really think of anything to say, Graham. Other than uh, I, uh, I put some petrol in my car, uh, and that was a good week because I've got a full tank of petrol, 
And you know, I always like I always get a strange self sense of satisfaction when I look at me me meet a thing, the bars is fully up to the end. I like that. So yeah, a very very boring answer, but yeah. <laughs> and on that note, thanks very much for listening.